the headlines this morning were about the devastating tornadoes in Kentucky and other states. As a matter of fact, that was almost all the news that I could find, and understandably so. So many dead, so many injured, so many houses destroyed, so many lives upended. There were also snippets in the news about COVID cases rising with new variants keeping us all on edge. What should we do? And then there have been reports all week about weapons found on multiple CMS campuses this week. I listened this week to a report about a man that was crushed to death while trying to steal a catalytic converter. And did you know that we now have catalytic converter alarms put on the buses in our back parking lot after several have, several have been stolen? I mean, come on, what is wrong with people? It's a church bus that primarily picks up children to come here for after-school care where they will be safe and loved until their parents get home from work. Can you just let us have our catalytic converters, please? I don't even know what they do. <laughs> but I know the bus won't start when somebody steals one. In more headlines, a school bus driver was charged with DWI after dropping off 24 children at an elementary school in Union County. Inflation rates are at a 39-year high. Just check it out at the grocery store if you don't believe the news. It seems we have almost completely lost our ability to talk with people with whom we disagree, as evidenced by social media and the rhetoric from all sides of the political conversations in Washington, D.C. Affordable housing is practically non-existent for the working poor everywhere, with the Queen City doing our part to foster this crisis in our own community. And this coming Sunday night, we will once again open our doors to people without shelter. We will not just feed them, but we will eat with them and provide showers with endless hot water and a washer and a dryer, even providing a robe for them to wear while they wash the clothes on their backs. And then we will turn on the game on the TV and sit and watch with them before hopefully they get some much needed rest. And while it may not always be headline news, just scroll through mugshots one day and you will find that the mass incarceration of African-American men is still the name of the game. Oh, and climate change is still real, a real problem, that is. And then there's the stuff I've had just some ounce of dealing with this week, the things that made my headlines as your pastor and my headlines in my own personal life. While obituaries are not usually front page news, every single column is someone's person. A dad who was a buddy, a sister who was a best friend, a child, no matter their age. A child dies before a parent and it's just the most broken heart of all. Relationships take unexpected turns that cause intense heartbreak. Substance abuse with, abuse with people going into rehab stumbling drunk. 
just getting that last drink in before the treatment. And then everybody around them believing this time won't be any different from all the other times of dropping out of rehab because they just won't allow themselves to be vulnerable enough to admit that they have a problem. They don't even make it to full sobriety, much less serenity. And then there's all the worries. The worries for our children, the worries of our children that just seem to get bigger as the child gets older until one day the child is grown. And I ask you parents, is there ever a bigger worry than the worry of parents of adult children? The answer is no. And what about bullying? It's real. It's very, very real. And then there's the day chemo starts. And then there are the days of waiting for the pathology report to come back. And then there are the surgeries to dread and the babies in the NICUs born just a tad early and machines do the work until their little lungs are ready to do it on their own. That's my week. How's your week been? And now I'm almost to the bottom of page two of my manuscript when I get to tell you that this Sunday we're contemplating joy. <laughs> yep, joy. It is interesting how hard it is to speak about joy. It seems like it would be an easy topic, but in a world filled with so much chaos and sadness and madness and rejection, and violence, and grief, and despair, and injustice, and isolation, and simply just a lot of bad news. How does one with a clear conscience preach on joy? Barbara Brown Taylor set us in motion with the opening meditation in the bulletin when she says, joy seems almost irreverent in a world where so much is going wrong. And then she says, only joy has never had that much to do with what's going on in the world at the time. Joy has to do with what's going on in you, in spite of what's going around. How does one speak with and preach with a clear conscience on joy? Well, how can I not? This may end up being the only place you hear about joy. It may even be the only reason some of you keep showing up because you so desperately need to hear a word of joy. It's also why some folks get so frustrated when we talk about hard things. They came here to hear about joy. Quit talking about the hard stuff. Like when we offer a challenge that the church is supposed to be doing the hard work of social justice, which will mean reminding us all on a regular and consistent basis that our work is never done in being a place of radical hospitality and welcome. And did you know that when churches are radically hospitable and welcoming, that it makes some people really mad? Mad enough to condemn us to hell for doing it. Why, we even let women preach. 
The church is supposed to be speaking out for those who have no voice. The church is supposed to be in the trenches working to help disadvantaged children get caught up and providing food for those that are hungry. The church is supposed to be taking to the streets on issues of racial injustice and any issue of injustice. The church is supposed to be working for peace in a world bent for war. The church is called to remind us that we are all strangers in this foreign land that was not created by God with walls and borders, but that all creation is God's sacred land that we have been given to till and to keep, and no one is an alien, and no one should be called an illegal for simply wanting to get their family to safety or working for a better life. Teach your children that calling someone an illegal is a bad word. But I'm here today to talk to you about joy. And we come to this place to hear about joy and be reminded about joy because we are almost the only place talking about joy. And we can talk about joy and hard things at the same time. We're smart like that. You cannot talk about joy without naming the sorrow and the chaos and the devastation and the destruction and the despair. Because as Henry Nouwen puts it, joy and sorrow are never separated. He gives the example of when our hearts rejoice with a spectacular view, we may miss our friends who are not with us to see it. And when we are overwhelmed with grief, we may discover what true friendship is all about. He says that joy is hidden in sorrow. And sorrow is hidden in joy. If we try to avoid sorrow at all costs, he says, we may never taste joy. And if we are suspicious of ecstasy, agony can never reach us either. Because, as he puts it, joy and sorrow are the parents of our spiritual growth. Consider our text from the day. The psalmist is reflecting on the fact that the people have experienced God's deliverance in the past. They had been freed from the Babylonian exile, but now they're confronted with yet another crisis in the present. And so they petition God for help and profess their trust in God. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Restore our fortunes, O oh God. And that fortunes there is not about money. Restore a good place for us. Restore a sense of good living for us. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. And may those who go out weeping come home with shouts of joy. Shouts of joy would be understandable after the captives had been returned from being enslaved in Babylon. It was like a dream come true. Of course, an even better dream would not to have been exiled at all. But that's not how life works. Life is not always easy and happy. Bad times come. We face hard things, hoping and praying for the strength to make it through and hoping and praying for enough folks gathered around us to help us carry our burden. 
when we cannot carry them alone. And no matter how many times we proclaim that God has done great things for us, we will still find ourselves in need of God's help and renewed deliverance. We're going to need for God to do some more great things for us because life is going to happen to us. And so we come here to remember about joy, lest we forget out there. Clinton McCann is a professor of biblical interpretation, and he says about this psalm that it is often used during Advent because it communicates the reality that the people of God always live by memory and by hope. The hopeful and joyful tone of the psalm suggests the effect of living as a visionary through which anticipated joy becomes a present reality even amid the distressing circumstances of our lives. And then from Luke's telling of the birth story of Jesus, we get those shepherds, heads down, doing their job, and they sense that something powerful and overwhelming is happening. And Luke describes it as the glory of the Lord shining all around them. And they were terrified. We love for the Christmas story to be neat, tidy, pretty, peaceful, and serene. Was Mary's labor, did it even hurt? Did she cry out when there was no epidural in sight? When I got mine, I turned around and said to Russ, I want to pay him more money. Birth is a bloody mess, and it was no different for the Holy Family all those years ago. Didn't you hear about the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night? They were terrified, to which they hear the good news, the good news of great joy for all the people. Because one was being born to show us the way to live, to work for justice so that all people may fully live. All people may fully live. We cannot fully live until all of God's people are fully alive. And in the midst of being terrified, they were reminded about the joy. And I think that's why we come here. In the midst of the bad news, in the midst of the pain and the sorrow, we've got to hear a word of joy. Nowen goes on to say that joy is not the same as happiness. We can be unhappy about many things, but joy can still be there because it comes from the knowledge of God's love for us. Joy, he says, does not happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. It's a choice based on the knowledge that we belong to God and have found in God our refuge and our safety and that nothing, not even death, can take God away from us. I was most helped this week by Richard Rohr. He's talking about what it means to experience aliveness. I think what he's calling aliveness is what I'm calling joy, See what you think. Here's what he says. It's a paragraph. 
What we all want is pretty simple, really. We want to be alive. To feel alive. Not just to exist, but to thrive. To live out loud, to walk tall, to breathe free. We want to be less lonely, less exhausted, less conflicted or afraid, more awake, more grateful, more energized and purposeful. We capture this kind of mindful, overbrimming life in terms like well-being, shalom, blessedness, wholeness, harmony, life to the full, and aliveness. The quest for aliveness is the best thing about religion, I think. It's what we're hoping for when we pray. It's why we gather it's why we celebrate, eat, abstain, attend, practice, sing, and contemplate. When people say, I'm spiritual, what they mean, I think, is simple. I'm seeking aliveness. I think what Roar is calling aliveness is what I understand as joy. And it's why I've come here today in the midst of the headlines on CNN, and in the midst of the headlines of my own life, I have come here to be reminded about joy. So dear friends, may you go from this place this day fully alive and following the lead of our ancestors, shouting for joy in a terrifying world. May it be so. Amen.